Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. God gives us an invitation to work alongside of Him. He's looking for laborers who will come into the harvest field and join other laborers in reaching people. Sometimes when we do that, we can become discouraged. I am sharing this week's messages to keep you encouraged while you are reaching people for the kingdom of God. Stay tuned after today's message. I'm giving you an invitation to join us in person for a time of prayer and fasting for our country, for our community, and for our churches. We are calling on God's people everywhere to join together with one voice, calling on God to help us through the turbulent times that we are experiencing. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. We are a doing people. We always want to be doing something. Once in a while, somebody may just say, don't just stand there, do something. Well, when it comes to our involvement in the plan and purpose of God, we often don't know where to start. Consequently, we are unlikely to accomplish anything for him. For several weeks, I've been talking about the fact that God has said in his word that we are Christ's ambassadors. Every believer wants to be that ambassador for Christ. When we said, do you want to be an ambassador? The answer is yes. Isn't that right? But how do we start functioning and doing and becoming engaged in the practical application of being that ambassador? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to be it and to function. And one of the challenges in the church, not just this one, but in church in general, is when we share the Word of God, the, uh, the Scriptures, we have the message, but then how does the application get done? How do we move from becoming, from just being attenders to participators? How do we move from being spectators to participators? How do we get up out of the seat and then actually function in that and be that ambassador day by day that God wants us to be? Well, I'm going to be sharing with you how to practically apply this to our lives so that we can become engaged. And I know how it is. As a believer sitting out in the pew, I hear the pastor talking about working and, and having great faith and praying and using their faith for God to do something. And then I would be thinking while I'm sitting there, how can I use my faith? I need more faith. Maybe I don't have enough faith and I don't know how that works. Or I hear someone else say, you know, God spoke to me yesterday and he told me to do this and that. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't God ever speak to me? I mean, he doesn't seem to speak to me. I can't hear anything from God. Come on, you know, that's you too. Why doesn't it seem like God speak to me? I don't know if I can hear God. And then when we say we want to go out and do these things, these signs shall follow them that believe. We shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. And we're going to do all these things. We should have the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And then we'll say, it just doesn't seem like that's working in my life. That's normal and natural. But let me tell you the difference between preaching and teaching. Preaching is proclaiming the Word of God. 
teaching is explaining it so you can do it. So you don't need me to preach to you. You need me to teach you so you can apply it. Billy Graham was the greatest preacher of our time. He proclaims the gospel message. Jesus Christ died for your sins and he will save you. That's preaching. That's the proclamation of the gospel. Preaching is proclaiming the gospel. Teaching is explaining. Now, in our culture, our preaching was hollering, yes, and the rock. That ain't preaching, that's hollering. That's a method of delivery. But preaching is just to proclaim the good news. You got that? If you're already saved, I don't need to proclaim the good news to you. I need to explain what you need to do now that you've been saved. So you can do that. So you don't need to come and hear me so you can stand up with your handkerchief. Preach, pastor, preach. I ain't doing that. Because when you go home, you still don't do nothing. Boy, didn't we have good church today? Boy, that was good. No, I'm not interested in you waving your handkerchief at me. Say, preach. I'm interested in when you leave out of here, you say, now, I want to be that ambassador. Lord, I want to reach somebody for you. I want you to use my life, God, for your glory and your purpose. I want to teach so you can go preach. Let me say that one more time. That rhymed, didn't it? I want to teach so you can preach. I teach, you preach. You're the preacher. How can somebody hear if nobody come and preach to them? So the believers ought to be preaching the good news. Jesus Christ sent me as his ambassador to let you know that God is not holding your sin against you. He will forgive your sin and he will save you. I'm his ambassador with that message. That's preaching. Well, I ain't no preacher. Yes, you are. So let's look at this. I don't believe God is saying to us, don't just stand there, do something, because then that puts us in a bind. I don't know what God wants me to do. And a lot of times we ask that question. Lord, if I just knew what you want me to do, I would do that. That's not how God works. I believe God is saying, yeah, I want you to stand there. But the there is by me. I want you to come over here and stand by me and get to know me. And then you will make some adjustments in your life to what I want to get done. And then I will reveal myself to you and then I will work through you. Here's what we want. God, what is your will for my life? What we're really saying, God, I got a lot of things that I want to get done. I have an agenda. I have an itinerary. I got some things that I want to get accomplished. I'm just kind of asking you, what is your will for me to do what I want to do? The question is, God, what do you want to do, period, where I'm at? That may be a lot different than what your plan is. And when we get there, we're at that place where God can really reveal himself to me. God is pretty smart, actually. And he already knows when you're talking to him that you're just talking and you ain't that interested. He already know that. God, I just want you to use my life. God said, you ain't, don't even come with that. You're just saying that. God knows when you come to him and say, Lord, my life belongs to you however you want to use my life. 
I'm available to you. Now God said, now that's somebody I can talk to. Does that make sense? If he ain't talking to you, it's like he ain't got time to talk to you and you ain't finna do nothing. God got that characteristic of God. If I talk to you and you're not that interested, I ain't gonna keep talking to you. You can come on a hold of conversation. I ain't got nothing to say to you because last time I told you what to do, you didn't do it. So don't even come up. Well, uh, pastor, can you show me how to manage my finances? Oh, yeah, let's go through this. I sit down with you for three hours. And then next time I talk to you, you're still doing what you were doing before we started. Um, you're not getting no more three hours from me. And God is the same way. I know you're not that interested. When I know you're really interested, then we can start talking. Amen. See, a time will come when the doing will be called for. But we cannot skip the relationship with God. The relationship with God must come first. Here's what Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remain in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will, you will not may, you will bear much fruit. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, you can do nothing that I need you to do apart from me. You remain in me, you, get, you hook up with me, you stay with me, you link up with me, you stay with me, then you will bear much fruit. If you're not bearing much fruit, you need to go back to the first base. Let me see if I'm uh, really hooked up with the Lord like I need to be because I'm fruitless. You might think you're bearing a lot of fruit, but ask the Lord if you're bearing fruit. Remember, Jesus came to the fig tree. The fig tree was doing okay by its own measurement. But Jesus said, you're supposed to have some figs on here by now. And he cursed the fig tree. The fig tree didn't have any problem with not having nothing on it at the moment. He thought he was doing good. Well, I'm looking good. I'm a fig tree. Everybody know I'm a fig tree. I got leaves all over me. Look at that. Look, I'm green. I'm standing out. Everybody's standing around me. I'm a fig tree. Come on. Jesus said, well, if you're supposed to have some fruit on you by now. He cursed the fig tree and the tree died. That was a picture of believers who think, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And Jesus said, <laughs> so there's always some things we want from God, but God wants some things from us. What does God want? God wants you to know him. And God wants you to experience him. This is all about personal relationships. We didn't get saved just to have some distant relationship with God. God wants to know you. God wants to walk with you. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me that I am his own. He walks with me. He talks with me. That's a day-by-day -day constant relationship with God. It's not just I just call on him when I need him. And see if I can call him up and tell him what you want. Somebody wrote that too. He wants to establish a love relationship with you. And he wants to involve you with his purposes. I saved you for a reason. There was something on the inside of you that I can use. You may not know what it is, but there's something I saw. Jesus told his disciples, you did not choose me. I chose you. They were like, me? Peter, like, why are you going to choose me? He was a cussing fisherman. But God says, you know, I can make you fishers of men. You may be a cussing truck driver, 
but God said, I can make you a driver of men. You may be a cussing teacher at the school, but I can make you a teacher of men. But God says, I, I, I'll take what you are and who you are and I'll use your life. He wants to accomplish his work through you. Now, we need to get that. God is working. He always has something to do, but he's not coming down from heaven to do it himself. That's what we are for. Just in case you didn't know. He did not save us so we can come to church. He didn't save us so we can come to church. He saved us so we can take the church to the world. We are the church. The church is not a building. The church are people. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell. That's what Jesus said. He was thinking about the gates of hell. When people are walking around shooting babies and kids. The church ought to be rising up and say the gates of hell can't prevail over in this neighborhood. Okay, now maybe I'm talking to the wrong folk. The church folks ought to say, no, 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 no. That reminds me of my mother. They tried to put a little crack house in a little joint right down the block from her. She said, no, 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 this is my block. This is my block. Hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. No demonic, no drugs are going to be on this block. They ain't setting up no crack house. You know what they open up when she finally got through praying? A church opened up in there. The gates of hell will not prevail. I will give you power. The church should have power to make, some, make a difference. You walk up and down that block. Say, no, no, this is a block I'm calling in for Jesus Christ. I'm calling the power of God. This is my block. This is my street. When I walk on my street, I say, Father, I thank you. There's no burglaries. There's no vandalism. There's nothing happening on this block. There's no fires. Now, what do you do on your block? I'm talking about church folks, what God wants to get done. I don't blame the gangbangers and the drug addicts from doing what they do. They sinners. Sinners do what sinners do. Now, if the saints do what the saints are supposed to do, we will prevail. We ain't supposed to just go to work and come home and go put on our big screen TV and our earphones and just sit there and look at the thing and just say, okay, and then go and come on back and say, go, Lord, you know what I need? Lord, 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 I... And they'd be more broke down than the folks in the world. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me, Pastor. Pray, pray, pray. I told somebody, I ain't praying for you because you don't come to prayer. Why should I pray for you more than you praying for you? That was before I had the grace of God and the goodness <laughs> and before the Lord kept working on me to be more kind and gentle. Kim is looking at me like he still got some work to do. But folks, they won't come to prayer, they don't pray, and they want you to come pray over them. Where's your territory? You got a territory? You ought to have a territory that says, this is God's territory right here. I'm marking it out. The devil can't come in through here. I'm just telling you, this is teaching. This ain't preaching. And it's time for the people of God to rise up. Our country is falling apart faster than you can imagine. Society is falling apart. Morals are falling apart. God put us here to make the difference. We're the only force that can make the difference in a moral world. And we're sleeping on the job. We're comatose. God is saying, where are my ambassadors? What are you doing, ambassador? Here's the question. Do you want to be a servant of God? If you do, 
then we need to find out where the master is, then that is where we need to be. Find out what he's doing, and that's what we ought to be doing. Jesus said this in John chapter 12, verse 26. Whoever serves me must follow me. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servants also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Here's what God does. God works through his servants. We often act as though God tells us what he wants us to do and then send us off by ourselves to do that. God said, this is what I want you to do, and he just send us. Try the best you can and see if you can get something done. That's not what God does. You know, people say, I'm just doing the best I can, Pastor. I say, the Bible never tells you to do the best you can. See, we think that God just going to send us out, and then anytime we need help, we can call on him, and he's going to help us. But that's not the biblical picture of how this works. When God is about to do something, he reveals what he's about to do to his people. When he wants to work around you, when he's getting something done, it would, it would, be, in, um, it would be improper for him to try to do something and don't tell us, and he wants us to participate. It's not rocket science. I always thought God was so mystical. I just got to search and find and search and find. Oh, I got to find in here. God said, no, you ain't got to do that. Just come over here by me. When he's about to do something, he reveals it. God wants to work through his people. When God's about to do something through you, he has to get you from where you are to where he is. Our approach is we always want to get God to where we are. Wherever we are, we say, come on over, come on in, Lord. Come on, come on, come on. And the Lord said, no, come over here by me. Then we can work it out. We can, I can lead you and guide you. No, Lord, I'm over here. Come on over here. You know, we always say, we used to sing a song, take the Lord along with you wherever you go. Remember that? That means that we're driving and God's in the passenger seat and he's just, we're just taking him with us wherever we go. Lord, you're with me. The, the Lord is right along here with me. That's a good thing, right? But until we get ready to make a run, we're going to drop him off for a little while because we got a little something, something we need to go do. Okay, Lord, now the Lord knows my heart. The spirit is willing, but what? Every believer know that scripture. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the Lord know that. Now, the Lord know that. The Lord know. I'm going to pick you up, Lord. Now, I know the Lord, you with me. I'm with you. You with me. And then when you make your little run, then you want to pick the Lord up again with your head down now, Lord. First John 1 and 9 says, if I confess my sin, you are faithful to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But that's not the biblical picture. You should not be driving. God should be driving and you ought to be riding. And you ought to trust that wherever he takes you, it's going to be to your best benefit. God is looking out for your good. God is looking out. He knows what he designed you for. He knows where he wants to take you. If you let him drive and you ride in a car with the door locked where you can't open them, your life will be so fulfilled if you would just trust God. When you spend time in prayer and fellowship with God, you've placed yourself in the presence of God. Now listen, this is not rocket science, but it's not going to be easy. We got to spend some time with God. Lord, I want to get in your presence. How we do that? We spend some time in prayer. Prayer, however, is not just ordering God around in Jesus' name. Lord, this is what I want you to do in the name of Jesus. I decree, I command, I adjure. 
Where'd we get that from? I adjure you in the name of Jesus Christ. God, do it now. Prayer is not ordering God around in Jesus' name. Prayer is saying, Lord, I want to be with you. God, I want to hear your voice. What's on your heart? Remember Jesus Christ would say, I get up a great while before day and I go to a solitary place and I pray. What was he doing? I'm trying to align myself with whatever God wants to get done today. I want to align myself. I want to see what's on his heart and what's on his mind. Not my will, but your will. God, I says, he says, I talk to the Father and whatever the Father says, that's what I do. Whatever the Father says. Now, this is Jesus. Now, if Jesus did that, what about us? When you are in the presence of God, you can hear and know the voice and the mind of God. Did you know that? You can hear God. God speaks to you. Even if you're sitting here now saying, well, God hardly ever speak to me. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and God speaks to you through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that told you to turn that television off and read your Bible. Anybody ever heard that? Sometime here, just put it this way so you can understand it. You know you need to be somewhere praying. You ever heard that voice? That's the Lord. That's God talking to you. Say, I can't hear from the Lord. Yeah, he talked to you, told you you need to be praying. That's the Lord. You ought not be doing that. You should go and apologize. That's the Lord. You can hear from him. The moment you know what God is doing, where you are, your responsibility is to respond to who God is and what God's doing. Listen to this. You cannot stay the way you are and go with God. You can't stay the way you are and go with God. If you think I'm bad now, you should have seen me before I started going with God. (laughs) I'm kind and gentle now. But I couldn't stay the way I was and go with God. This wasn't my plan to be up here talking to y'all. In my preference, it's a whole lot easier to say, you know, I ain't thinking about them people. They can do whatever they want to do. I'm just going to meet just me and God. Now, I'm sitting in the audience with you versus being up here. That was my preference because I ain't got time to try to talk nobody into doing something they ain't trying to do. That ain't me. You know, if they, if they can't catch it, that's them. Lord, you just wipe them off. If they, they, that was my attitude. Them people ain't got no understanding. They ought to get some understanding. But I'm not like that. (laughs) I love the body. I love the belief. I love every one of you all. And we pray for you all. Pastor Jackie and I pray for all of you all. We pray for you. We love you. Every one of you are valuable in the kingdom of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him, will not perish, but shall have everlasting life. God has an invitation for every believer to help spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so others can have this new life in Christ. He has gifted us, he has called us, and he will encourage us. And I want to encourage you today to be all that God have for you to be. To listen to this message again in its entirety, go to the Light of the World podcast with Jerry G. Martin. The Light of the World podcast with Jerry G. Martin. I want you to join with us at the Light of the World for a time of fasting and prayer. We're going to begin a nightly prayer at 7 o'clock Monday, 
November the 1st through Friday, November the 5th, 7 o'clock nightly. You need not be a member of our church. You just need to be a person who wants to come together with other believers and pray for our community, pray for our country, pray for our families, pray for marriages, pray for the churches in the area so that the people of God can do what God called us to do, humble ourselves and pray and seek his face so he can heal our land. That's seven o'clock nightly at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship Church at 16161 Old Humble Road. For more information, call us now at 281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. And come and join with other believers of like mind and let's lift our voices to the Lord every night, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Light of the World. Now may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.